listening to the Retail Razor Show, where your expert hosts and their guests cast through the clutter in retail and retail tech to shape the future of retail. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3, Part 3 of the Retail Razor Show. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. And I'm your co-host, Casey Golden. Welcome, Retail Razor Show listeners, to our unapologetically authentic retail podcast for product junkies, commerce technologists, and everyone else in retail and retail tech alike. So, Casey, what did you think of part two of our grocery shop interview series with those two incredible grocery retailers, Lisa Kinney from Albertsons and Dave Steck from Schnuck Markets? Well, you did say that this episode would be thought-provoking, and you delivered. Lisa really sliced and diced what's happening in grocery with consumer data. I found it incredibly interesting. And related right back to the future of retail media networks in a way I've just never heard anyone talk about it like that before. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Lisa Lisa really brought home issues around where the data comes from with all the tech partners that grocers are involved with now and asked, I think, some tough questions about how retail media would bring brands and retailers together and where all those dollars come from. Yeah. And then Dave Seck. I mean, is there any emerging tech that he's not looking into yet? (laughs) I mean, I don't know, maybe Web3, but... (laughs) Something tells me that that's not too far behind on his schedule. (laughs) But yes, I mean, yeah, he he really showed us how having the right corporate culture just opens the door to doing really creative and innovative things with new tech in the store. I mean, he's got, he's not only has robots and IoT, he's looking at electronic shelf labels. I think there's no limit to where Schnucks is going and it's pretty impressive. So for our listeners who haven't checked out part two, you should probably stop right now, go back, listen. We'll wait. So, so do we just stop talking now and wait for the listeners to come back or what? Uh, not really. I mean, we're recording for a reason. We're not live. Yeah, okay. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I know, I know. Just, just kidding. So let's talk about this episode then. Who do you have lined up? And tell me, did you save the best for last? Honestly, part two was jam-packed full of insights coming at you every minute. Well, I have to admit, yes. What yes, have we got? Pr- probably, possibly, maybe we did save the best for last. Not to diminish anything about our previous guests in any way, because they were all really amazing. We got lots of fantastic insights and, and, and knowledge from everybody. But this time out, we've got two really amazing guests. One I, I would call a recent fan favorite, Andrew Lipsman, the principal analyst for retail and e-commerce at eMarketer Insider Intelligence. And hot off of our Retail Media Networks episode that's quickly becoming one of our most downloaded episodes, by the way, uh, I caught up with Andrew at Grocery Shop after one of his sessions. And we talked about what some of the biggest trends were across the whole show as we were pretty much near the end of the event at this point. So much of what Stuart told us in part one, I think stayed the course for the rest of the show. But Andrew points out some really interesting tidbits about the convenience store segment. And it might just be a, a sleeping giant waiting to surface uh, within all the talk around, around grocery and food in, in general. So we briefly touch on quick commerce and rapid delivery and the latest from the show on those providers. It was really interesting, though, to hear his take on personalization and omnichannel and how those, I mean, let's face it, those are not new trends, but suddenly they were just front and center at grocery shop. You'd think that the grocery industry hadn't heard of those two things before, the way they were being talked about. So I think his position will surprise you on those two. And you have to watch out for our discussion on what was not a trend at the show. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with metaverse. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a hint. It's not. <laughs> it's not a hit. Way to give it away. Um, well, all right, hold on. Okay, well, you'll see. You'll, you'll see. There, there's a reason for why that's the case, and it comes back again. In fact, with the second guest for this episode. 
Okay, so don't keep us in the suspense. I mean, I'm I'm a co-host and I'm in suspense. Who's guest number two? So guest number two is none other than Christina Gustafson, SVP of content for Grocery Shop and Shop Talk. And if you're like me, you probably remember Christina from back in her CNBC retail journalist days. So this is a, a real treat of an interview. Christina and I talk about what makes Grocery Shop so special, how they put the show together, what are the key trends from her perspective and what they were trying to accomplish. And you know, while they're similar to what we've been hearing from the other guests, there is a bit of a unique twist, I think, to what she offered. So I won't give that away. You'll have to listen. Uh, but we do dig into what some of the big buzz was about, what was happening in the expo hall. And I asked her as well about what's not buzzing, you know, i.e. metaverse, which was not really buzzing at the show. And of course, where retail media is headed, because I don't think we can possibly do an episode about grocery shop and not talk about retail media. But it's a fascinating insider discussion that I think listeners will really enjoy. We have to have Christina back on the show again. She's so much fun to talk to. All right, I'm sold. With that lead in, there's nothing left to do but head straight to the interviews. I'm excited to grab some popcorn, get comfy, grab a notepad, and dive right in. So let's listen together to Andrew Lipsmith and Christina Gustafson, recorded live and in person at Grocery Shop 2022. Welcome to the Retail Razor Show special edition episode at Grocery Shop 2022. I'm here at the show in Las Vegas continuing our series of amazing retail transformers to talk all things grocery and consumer goods. I'm here now with Andrew Lipsman, Principal Analyst for Retail and E-Commerce at Insider Intelligence. Andrew, it is awesome to have you back on the show again. It's great to be back already, Ricardo. So, of course, existing uh, listeners may have heard or, or watched our Retail Media Networks episode. They'll already be familiar with you. But for new listeners, give us a quick intro to what you do at Insider Intelligence. Yeah, as you said, I'm a principal analyst covering retail and e-commerce. Uh, so I really cover the, the gamut of all things retail, whether that's in-store, e-commerce, and increasingly advertising where retail and e-commerce intersect with other trends. So retail media has, has certainly been in my crosshairs, and I've also spent uh, quite a bit of extra time in the last year or so focusing more and more on grocery and CPG. So since we are at Grocery Shop, let's talk about what some of the big trends are uh, that you're seeing here and, and that are getting all the buzz. I, I know you spoke in a couple of sessions that I attended. You, one panel was a session about emerging tech in the convenience store space. So kind of thinking back to that and anything else you've seen at the show, what would you let's say two or three big trends that you're seeing here at the show? Yeah, well, it's certainly biased towards the sessions that I was in. And I've been running around and haven't seen as many other sessions as I would have liked. But convenience does seem to be a bigger trend. They've done a nice job with the, the convenience track. And I guess my viewpoint is that it's maybe underappreciated and, and not talked about quite enough, but it's a pretty formidable retail space. Obviously, a lot of brands are flowing through there and there's a lot of innovation happening on a lot of fronts. The tech cashierless checkout, retail media, we're starting to have that conversation and how it's used and deployed in C stores. And then really just the broader delivery and quick commerce space that convenience is a huge, huge trend in terms of driving consumer behavior. So I think all those things intersect in interesting ways. And I was glad to be a part of that session. Yeah, I agree. I mean, convenience is definitely an, an interesting one. That's one of the things I enjoyed in, in your session on. There's a little bit different spin, I think, to how a lot of the technologies and things that, that the grocers are talking about that maybe get applied a little differently in convenience. Yeah. And, you know, the, the one that's kind of interesting, cashierless checkout, for example, mm -hmm. automated checkout. On the one hand, convenience, you, you kind of want to get in and out. Right. But also 
Wines aren't that bad, but mm. we talk about it there because it, it kind of started with Amazon Go right. in that right. format. And that really was driven by the need for camera technology to be able to work in a space and it worked better in small format. So I'm curious how that plays out long-term grocery store format. You know, everybody hates the checkout line. So <laughs> right, that's, that's, where, right, yeah. that's where the real strong yeah. use case is. And now the technology is getting a lot better to enable that. You mentioned retail media and we've talked about that before. And I think that's clearly been a, a major trend here at the show. You, you see it everywhere that you walk around the halls with the Walmart Connect advertising. What, what are you seeing in, in the context of retail media around convenience? Well, I mean, I just think about, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the trend of in-store retail media. I think it's mm -hmm. going to emerge. I think there's a lot of opportunity for digital signage and screens to start entering into the physical space more. Where I think it's particularly interesting and convenience is that, well, you've got, in most cases, the cooler aisle that is visible, right? When you right, walk in, right. so it's not on the periphery like it is in a grocery store and, or in the center aisle. And I think that that visibility maybe makes it more impactful. And also I can just see C stores really taking to it. And so I'm, I'm watching that carefully to see if, if we start to see a bigger rollout of that in the C store format. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting to compare how that kind of weighs in against what the, the grocery is doing. Uh, with their retail media networks. And, uh, and I think that's a, it. When you walk into a C store also, you're probably much more open to um, that branding. You don't necessarily know what you want. I'm thirsty, right? right? Or I'm kind right. of going in to grab beer. Right. That's a perfect time to put that brand impression oh, yeah, in front point. of the customer. I, I did notice some of the speakers talking about how they're, they're seeing kind of a consumer shift in terms of thinking about, you know, what do I need to buy food wise for the week versus now more thinking around what do I want to buy for tonight? Yeah, instant delivery and quick commerce space, right? I mean, right. That, that's so interesting. My, my biggest question here is we see maybe some consolidation and mm -hmm. some players leaving the market. What's going to happen? Is there enough of a regular use case for most consumers? I've said, first time I used GoPuff, it was amazing. I got my order in 14 right. minutes. Right, Whoa. wow. The wow. second time it was during rush hour. Mm -hmm. And I got my order in 25 minutes. Still wow. a while. Still pretty impressive. Right? I was yeah. in the middle of preparing yeah. dinner. So that's good. But I haven't seen a lot of other occasions for me to keep using it. So that's really yeah. my question is how, yeah. how often are people going to be doing this? Now, I'm maybe not the core consumer, the millennial and, and Gen Z consumer, I think mm -hmm. is much more acclimated to this behavior. So maybe that's where the market grows from. Yeah, that could be. And I noticed as pretty much all of those uh, providers have been on stage at some point here at Grocery Shop. And I noticed every single one of them have mentioned the key metric for them is increasing order volume and order frequency. And I, I've noticed many of them talking about branching out from just food into other retail spaces as a way to kind of supplement and have, I'll say it's kind of a reason to give the consumer why they should use that service multiple times a week, for example. So they need ways to drive that order volume. And if grocery and convenience isn't enough, then they'll go partner with other retailers to, to add on to it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it's interesting how I branched out into more categories. My first was a, you know, a late night order. So mm -hmm. it was ice cream and uh, indulgence, right? Yeah, right. When I was in the middle of preparing dinner, I was missing an ingredient, but also I was trying to do dishes as I was uh, preparing dinner. And I realized I was out of dish soap. And by the way, I could actually use a new scrubber. So, right. So <laughs> right, I yeah. ended up so moving, think of other things. Into yeah. moving into household essentials. So, yeah. and then the other use case that, that has come up in my household is you're sick and you just, it's not easy for a parent to go out to Walgreens or CVS to get cold medicine. It's nice when it comes to you. Yeah, that's a good point. And that's one of those kind of tangible use cases for why you have to have it now. Yep. Right? Absolutely. That, that makes sense. So another interesting one, you know, I talked about this briefly before we were recording, lots of talk about personalization. 
And, you know, the first thing I think of when I hear everybody talking about that is, well, haven't we been talking about personalization and retail for, for years now? And it's almost like there's an awakening with uh, the grocery space that I actually need to worry about this. You know, if everybody's talking about omni-channel and, and how I, I'm going to use that to optimize my profitability and kind of compensate for high cost of, of e-commerce, what do, you, what do you think is going on there in all this personalization talk that's happening? Well, in general, I glaze over when I hear personalization because it's this big nebulous term. But then my, my second impulse is to say, well, let's break it down. What, when does personalization really matter? So in a digital experience, here's a perfect example. When I go and do an Instacart order or another e-commerce, I like the fact that it knows what I got last time and it can, yeah. it can serve up those relevant basket building right. items right. right away. So that streamlines my trip and you know, right. it's already done half the work for me. Yeah. That's a nice version of personalization. Obviously, coupons and things of that nature, getting the right coupons to the right consumers um, is, is a major benefit. So I, I think the applications are pretty strong in the grocery category in a way that it isn't always elsewhere. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. It has a little bit more, I guess I'm going to say direct value for the consumer and something that, that speaks right to a need in the moment. Absolutely. As a true but I'm the wrong consumer because I just, it's too much noise to try and manage coupons. So I, I know that I'm, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm different than most consumers, <laughs> yeah. but it just, I, I go right past that. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here. I'm, I'm, I'm just like that. So it, is there anything that surprises you that people are either not talking about at all or that there's very little conversation going on? I think I've only seen the word metaverse twice, the whole conference <laughs> right. on a couple yeah. of booths. Right. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Although as you and I were talking about before we recorded that yeah. uh, maybe the metaverse, you know, the best use case for it isn't food shopping. Right? Right, that's right. Yeah. And I did actually hear, and in fairness, right, I did hear one of the CPG brands on stage bring up that point exactly in, in that way. And she mentioned, you know, I, I can see a fashion use case. I think that's a pretty clear cut one. But if the consumer can't taste it or smell it or understand what it's really going to be for them in the metaverse, then what's the value and them engaging with, with a food brand in this manner. And so uh, the, the, the conclusion was kind of, well, I, I just don't know how to, how do I define the value here for the consumer? And if it's not valuable for a consumer, why should we invest in it? Yeah. Gro grocery shopping, I don't see that use case very strongly. But listen, the metaverse today, I would say, is really gaming and, mm -hmm. and kind of the evolution of gaming. But gamers are a, an, a relevant audience. And so right. having brands, especially if you're a brand that Mountain Dew or, or yeah. the like yeah. that, that really courts younger consumers, that's relevant. So they should be in gaming, in game yeah. advertising. Yeah. And if you want right. to call it metaverse, call it metaverse. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, it's still more of like a brand affinity, yes. brand awareness kind of play rather than a true commerce exactly. environment. Here's another one for you because there was an interesting announcement by Firework, uh, who's a, a live streaming provider with a new partnership they have with Walmart uh, to bring live streaming to, to Walmart's e-commerce. And I find this interesting in, in where I see these live streaming developments. I, I've been a big proponent that, that live streaming is going to be meaningful for commerce, but I, 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 I've sort of altered my view at least a little bit. I'm curious what you think that it's not really being driven by the social media platforms anymore. It really seems to be more about very customized things with a core technology that a retailer or brand can acquire integrate it with their platform, with their own site, and then use that as their live streaming interface for consumers. And if you go to Fireworks booth here at the show, I notice that they're showing examples of, you know, a grocer who's doing a live cooking session. 
And I'm going to assume here for the moment that that makes sense if they can somehow tie it into the e-commerce platform and I'm watching the live stream and I say, you know what, I'd like to make that tonight. Where's the button I click or, or tap to actually put in a, a grocery order for all those ingredients? Yeah. So I'll say that I do buy the premise of bringing that media experience to where it's contextually relevant. But I will also say that media is competing with viewing other media. Right. That's true. And so the I think it, there's a high quality bar. And so what yeah. I think you could also see is a lot of players experiment with the format and they're just not going to do it all that well. And we, yeah. We've seen Amazon Live has not taken I, off. That's and not really part of it is yeah. like they, they haven't gotten the right influencers. The, mm -hmm. the content's not there. And so, right. it's just so not consumers yeah. tune out. So I will just say that what I'm looking for for that to work is the content has to be great. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I agree. I agree. It definitely has to have the right content. A lot of that I think has to do, again, like what you were saying earlier, it has to do with the, what the consumer is thinking and doing in the moment and, and how applicable is it. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, once again, this has been an amazing discussion with you. I'm so glad you can come back on, on the show again today. If listeners want to reach out to you, get in touch with you, learn more about the work you're doing, what's the best way for them to reach out? LinkedIn is the easiest. That's where I share my work and where I listen to all the smart people on LinkedIn and, <laughs> and learn from them. Uh, that's a, a key input to my analysis is learning from the other smart people in the industry. I have to agree with that part. We're always in a, in a learning mode in this industry for sure. 100%. <laughs> oh, great. Well, thanks again, Andrew. I appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for inviting me. Welcome to the Retail Razor Show special grocery shop edition for 2022. I'm here continuing our series of conversations with retail transformers and talking all things grocery and consumer goods. And I am thrilled to be joined right now with Christina Gustafson, SVP of content for Grocery Shop. Christina, it's fantastic to have you here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for making it out to the show and taking the time to chat with me. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about uh, just some of the background, like how is uh, this grocery shop comparing to past ones? What, what are you seeing is kind of the, the interesting things that have caught your attention, maybe feedback from attendees versus past editions? Yeah, it's a great question. I think first and foremost, just sort of uh, statistic wise, our mm -hmm. biggest show to date. So we have 4,000 attendees wow. joining yeah. us here in Las Vegas, about double the size that we were last year, which was a, a little down just given um, the nature of where we were in the sure, pandemic yeah. cycle. I have to say when, when we came back to Las Vegas last year, I thought there was going to be no similar buzz that would that would sort of meet the bar of last year's. It was really just kind of the first time that everyone was getting back together after the pandemic. It sort of yeah. felt like people were, were running around just buzzed, completely excited. We actually were losing speakers because they'd come mm. to the speaker lounge and then they'd get distracted because they saw someone that they knew. They got very excited. Wow. They would they would kind of <laughs> run off. And so actually we've had to, to sort of uh, implement a longer lead time for, for people to, to come to the speaker <laughs> yeah. lounge ahead of their yeah, session. Corral people in. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but no, I think what's been really fascinating to see is it's just a different kind of buzz this year, right? It sort of mm -hmm. feels like last year, it was just that, you know, first day of school excitement, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're back with all yeah. your friends and it's so fun. And this year it feels like a very big buzz around the content again, and just kind of mm -hmm. what people are here to learn. They feel very hungry for knowledge. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of that is just this inflection point that we're at in the industry today, right. yeah. where, you know, they don't have to innovate anymore, quite frankly, right? If they kind of want to stop and say, hey, we're seeing a slowdown in the economy, consumers are going back to stores, you know, this isn't necessarily the top of our priority list. 
exist anymore. And so I think everyone that's here are the folks that realize this transformation is real. And so they're just really hungry to to meet with other people who are of a similar mindset and, and make those connections as well as kind of learn um, from, from folks, either with their peers at, at table talks, which are, you know, sort of group discussions or in the more traditional sort of track session formats where they're hearing from from other speakers. I've been through different sessions uh, at the show this week. The, the content has been really, really wonderful. There's been a good variety of things, you know, gr- great, great choices on the speakers, by the way. I think that's been really, really Thank fantastic. This year, I, I love the, the mix of different retailers that you have with some of the brands. I think it kind of felt to me, I, I could be wrong, but it felt like compared to the, the last grocery shop I was at was the 2019 one. And compared to that one, there's a lot more sessions that had a mix of retailers and brands, which I always feel is kind of interesting because you expect sometimes there's going to be a little bit of tension in that discussion <laughs> topic. But I think it's worked out really, really well in a lot of the sessions. Yeah, to be honest, it's something we've always strived for. So I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear that it's it's something that you've you've sort of seen come through in the sessions themselves. I agree with you. You know, I'm a reformed journalist, I like to say. So <laughs> I always sort of think about if you're reporting a story, you have to have your three different sources, right? And so right. a lot of times you want those to be sort of Two folks within the industry, maybe you want a consumer, maybe you want a regulatory board, but but the point of it is by having three different perspectives, you kind mm-hmm. of triangulate to something that everyone in the audience can relate to and not just kind of have retailer one echo what retailer two is saying and then followed up by retailer three. So we yeah. work really, really hard not just to curate the session topics, but mm-hmm. the mix of perspectives that you're going to hear on any given yeah. topic. Yeah. So one thing that I've found interesting this year, and again, I'm comparing to a few years back from my personal experience, but the kinds of technologies that we're talking about about. It feels to me like we're we're not talking about the things I might necessarily have expected had evolved from previous years. And maybe that's to be expected just because of where we are and you know what everything that happened through COVID for, for grocers and, and brands. Are you seeing something similar? Does it look the same from your perspective? It's a really good question. You know, we, we kind of came out with this thesis of just kind of where grocery e-com is on a digital maturity scale, you know, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, uh, throughout the pandemic, and then where we are today. And I think mm-hmm. previously it was just kind of people were testing and learning. You know, they were testing right. the waters. They were just kind of doing quite frankly, the basics, right? Whether it was working with third-party partners for things like delivery, whether it was just kind of like, you know, testing and experimenting with personalization. I think to your point, those things are still very important today. But people are thinking about sort of how can they take this one step farther? So Mm -hmm. from our perspective, it went from kind of like the nuts and bolts to, okay, we have to stand this up because we, yeah. we quite frankly have no choice if we right, don't. Right now it's if, table stakes. Yeah, exactly. If yeah. we don't roll out curbside, no one's going to get their groceries. Mm-hmm. No one's going to be able to eat. So so let's just kind of like push it out as fast as possible. I think from there, people have kind of been fine tuning those products. But in addition to it, people are thinking about how the future of online grocery can look different. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's always been about convenience and it will still be about convenience. Heck, we added an entire tract dedicated to the theme of convenience. I went to a number of those sessions. But however, it also needs to be about experience. And so I think from our perspective, it's about making sure you're still, uh, you know, getting to see those technologies that you really need to run your business. We understand everyone has finite budget. So we need to make sure that we're still representing those sorts of businesses, but then also giving people the flexibility to imagine what it could look like in the future, whether it's using live stream shopping, you know, mm-hmm. is it going to be the metaverse? So we, yeah. we didn't lean too heavily into that at the no, show. Not just the, yeah, I noticed yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah. you know, I, I don't think as big of an opportunity, at least currently for, right. for grocery as maybe right. fashion. Maybe, maybe long term. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, we want to make sure that we do have some perspectives on that represented so that people can, mm-hmm. you know, start thinking of what this might look like 10 years down the road. Yeah. You know, an interesting note is you mentioned on the convenience track. One theme that I heard a lot of 
are from both retailers and brands that they're seeing consumers take a perspective that rather than thinking, what do I need to buy for the week? It's now what I want to buy for tonight. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. And, you know, it, it was also, I, I've heard this from a couple of other speakers. I think Fiji Simo um, from Instacart was one, one person to talk about it. And actually, I think from DoorDash, they were talking about it as well. It just really depends on what the shopping occasion is, right? I feel like yeah. we've constantly heard, oh, you know, 15-minute delivery is so great when you forget a certain ingredient. It's like, how often does that actually happen exactly. to anyone, right? We, exactly, we hear right, that yeah. So often, that, but it's always like the first use case everyone brings up, exactly. but really how often, if you think about it yourself, yeah. how often are you in that position? Yeah, it's it's a very rare, and quite frankly, if that happens, that's probably my excuse to like order takeout. So <laughs> I actually thought it was really yeah. interesting. Um, gosh, I wish I could remember the speaker who was talking about this, but it was essentially saying, you know, 15-minute delivery isn't necessarily something that isn't going to work. It just needs to be a part of a broader portfolio, yes. right? So yeah, I've heard you, that too, if, yeah. If DoorDash is going to do, you know, 15-minute delivery, that's great but they also need to have sort of the, the longer lead time sorts mm -hmm. of options so that they can make those 15 minute deliveries profitable and kind of the same yeah. thing to, to a retailer as well. Right. Right. So I, I have to ask you this question too, for your thoughts, because if I were to pick the one thing that I, I feel like almost everyone has talked about mm -hmm. and frankly, just walking down the hall, you see it visually everywhere yeah. and that's retail media. Yes. Networks, <laughs> I knew right? you were going to say it. Yes, I did. Yeah, it's it, it's so funny. You know, when we are programming the show, we're always so careful because every single spot on our agenda is merit-based, right? We don't do any pay-to-play. That's, right, you know, a right. really big sort of sticking point for us. And so I think we've always been very careful when we're selecting technology vendors to speak on stage. It's, you know, we want you to be strategic. Obviously, mm -hmm. we want you to talk about your solution, but we want you to, to sort of bring some thought leadership to right. this and, and yeah. talk about an authentic yeah. way. And we were laughing. We're like, we're going to have these conversations with the retailers because all they want to do is go on stage and, and plug their retail media networks. Right, because they're now in the business, <laughs> exactly. right, of selling to other businesses. Exactly. They're suddenly a B2B business instead of just a B2C commerce. Yes, it's getting very, very complicated. But no, I hear you. It's, it's been a huge theme of the show. And I think just everyone is very aware of the growth mm -hmm. that is expected to come out of this. I think for me, a lot of the interesting discussions are about, you know, sort of who's doing it well, what CPG brands need from their retail mm -hmm. partners, thinking again, right. sort of about what what's to come and sort of how these will play out in physical stores. Because I mm -hmm. think that's also been kind of a big theme yeah. throughout the show is just kind right. of how, how right. the physical store is transforming. And so right. it's going to be a really interesting space to watch over the next couple of years. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was uh, talking with one of the speakers earlier that in one of my previous roles, I did a lot of work with, and this will be dating a little bit, uh, from a technology perspective of delivering digital signage solutions into stores. And I was joking with someone, you know, back in those days, you know, as if it, you know, we're only talking 2015, maybe, you know, one of the pitches as a digital signage technology provider we always had was to every retailer, you know, you could turn this into a media network, yeah, right? Yeah. You could talk to the brands that you sell That's and actually sell position advertising on these screens. Have you thought about doing that? And what, what I find fascinating is that now everyone's talking about this mm -hmm. now, right? We just don't use the words digital signage right. because that's, that, that has an awful connotation yeah. to it, apparently. But I find that when we talked about it before, because I, as the technology provider then, was talking to someone in IT about that. And it wasn't really an IT technology message. It was really more of a marketing advertising mm -hmm. message. Uh, and it didn't involve people in store operations. So it tended to just go nowhere yeah. with, with most retailers that we try that with. And I, it's just night and day difference with where we're at now. I love that point because I think that's so often what we kind of try to, I don't want to say the word preach, but mm -hmm. I guess it is kind of preaching in some capacity. It's like, you can't dismiss innovation in any capacity, yeah, right? right? Like we were joking about the metaverse earlier mm -hmm. and saying, okay, well, we don't see the applications today. 
doesn't mean there's not going to be applications, be. Yeah. right? And there's yeah. going to be elements of that. AJ Dalal from Publicis Sapien actually did a presentation on on what the applications for the metaverse could be mm-hmm. for the future of our industry. And he was talking about it from, from, I would say, more of a CPG perspective. But you think about sort of the opportunities for loyalty. You think about just kind of like actually assigning a value mm-hmm. to, to some of these like NFTs or, or, or you know, it, it doesn't have to be sort of this pie in the sky version of the metaverse right. that we're all reading yeah. about, right? Yeah. And so I think it's very easy to just kind of laugh and say, oh, that's never going to work, right? But there are going to yeah. be certain building blocks to your point that mm-hmm. even if they don't work today, maybe 10 years down the road, we'll, right. be, we'll right. be talking it could about. Come back. Yeah, yep. could, it could come, surface up to the top and in priority yep. for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, last thing I wanted to ask you about, what's your perspective on how the expo hall fits into the overall grocery shop experience? You know, is there anything in particular that is catching your attention that you're hearing feedback from folks about what they are experiencing walking through the expo hall? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think from our perspective, all we, I shouldn't say all we care about, but the biggest priority is that it's buzzy, right? right. Um, and that there's yeah. a lot of energy. And I have to say, our I can take absolutely no credit for this, but our sales <laughs> team and our ops team have done a fantastic job just kind of reinventing. I always thought that our, our expo hall was very elevated just from, from mm-hmm. sort of an experience, but we've really built up our lounges. So we have a relaxed lounge where you can go right. and sort of get massages. We have a swag store this year. We've never mm-hmm. got a swag saw, yeah. store yeah. before. So you can kind yeah. of go in, grab your Shop Talk hoodie, which by the way, we're not allowed to grab because we have to save them for the <laughs> So I'm praying there are a couple leftovers. Yeah, I'm praying there's some leftover after the show. But you know, get your you know grocery shop branded water bottle and there's stuff mm-hmm. in there. I'm from sponsors, so that's been really fun. So I think for us, it's just kind of trying to make sure the exhibit hall is a place that people want to be, quite frankly. I would say the addition to that is um, our hosted retailers and brands program is always kind of uh, Mm -hmm. the heart of what we're trying to do. I I think serendipitous connections are fantastic. And, 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 you know, everyone comes here, right, to see who they're going to run into, uh, have spontaneous conversations. But at the end of the day, sometimes a little bit of (laughs) pre-planning goes Mm -hmm. a really long way. And so I think kind of pairing that uh, just kind of buzzy, fun exhibit hall experience with the hosted program where you come into the event having pre-planned meetings with a fear solution provider, retailers or brands, or, you know, vice mm-hmm. versa, you know, you're going to get ROI. And so I think in yeah. those capacities, like it makes it a little bit easier for you to be like, yeah, I'm just going to go grab a margarita and, and kind of mm-hmm. like enjoy the ride. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Christina, thank you so much for, for joining me here. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. I, I love going through all the ins and outs of what's going on here at Grocery Shop. And, you know, just kudos again to pulling off such a great event. It's been a fantastic experience. Awesome. Well, it's been good to have you here. And thanks for having me join you. All right. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed our show. And we can't ask you enough to please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us grow and bring you more great episodes. If you don't want to miss a minute of what's next, be sure to smash that subscribe button in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to check out our show notes for handy links and more deets. I'm your host, Casey Gold. And if you'd like to learn more about the two of us, follow us on Twitter at KCC Golden and Ricardo underscore Belmar, or find us on LinkedIn. Be sure to follow the show on LinkedIn and Twitter at Retail Razor, plus our YouTube channel for videos of each episode and bonus content. I'm your host, Ricardo Belmar. Thanks for joining us. And remember, there's never been a better time to be in retail if you cut through the clutter. Until next time, this is the Retail Razor Show.